Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Colorado Hunting Hub. This podcast is designed to talk about everything hunting in Colorado, whether you're a new hunter, old timer, or something else. Colorado Hunting Hub will have something for you. I'm your host, Clint Whitley, and let's get started. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colorado Hunting Hub. We got episode four here of a four episode series on hunter preparation. So uh, just a little wrap up with some really important pieces here. But first, want to remind you the secondary draw is ending in six days or so, so you better get your stuff in. Also, international listeners outside of the U.S., I want to hear from you. Get a hold of me. Anyone can reach out also at clint.a.whitley at gmail.com or find me on Facebook or Instagram. So, it's coming up in my world, getting some things prepared. And really, if you listen to any of these preparation episodes, I'm doing exactly those things. Um, minus today, my, uh, workout plan is getting a little interrupted with some, with some things. So try and at least go for a little jog or something today. Just keep that, keep those things going. I've only been going a week and two days on this, uh, workout plan, but I shot my bow last night if you saw that on Instagram, I was playing around with 100 to 110 yards. It was kind of fun, just shooting a little brown bear. And I was steady. And I, and I kind of contributed, I think, that to doing a little bit of shoulder work and building up a couple of those little stabilizer muscles. Even though it's not much, only a week and a couple of days, I feel stronger, more steady. And I think that is some one little thing that's going to put me uh, over the edge on my shooting. So there's some results and they can come kind of quick. So there you go. 
I know 20 pounds, if that's your goal, it's going to take you a little bit longer. Mine is just so I'm not dying in the woods. So get signed up for some of them 3D shoots that are coming up in your area, no matter what part of the country you're at, because those are going to help you hone in on some of those skills. Also, trying to get some trail cameras out. I checked all the batteries and put in new lithium batteries. That's the ticket. Uh, in my cameras, checked all my SD cards. SD cards do go bad, so make sure you check those. And I got nine of them ready, and then my buddy's got three, so I'm going to just load the woods with with uh, trail cameras. It's a fun little preseason thing to do. Again, I want to thank I Hunt Colorado for the Facebook page for letting me be a part of their team. Don't forget on X Hunt Giveaway. Uh, we are right in the middle of one, so I've got that going for this next month, or I will have it going here pretty soon. So just if it, it says it's run out, I'll put the new link in and we'll get that rolling. I'm waiting to hear from the winner of that. Our Vortex giveaway, uh, Hans won that. And so he's got a pair of vinyls that are already in the mail on the way to him. And then the Exo Mountain Gear Pack giveaway has ended as well. So Mark from Exo is going to reach out to that winner. I'm kind of anxious. I want to I want to be a part of that. I want to know who won that. And then don't forget, Wilderness Athlete, you get 25% off the coupon code Hunting Hub. All right. So let's get rolling with this. If you're just tuning tuning into this episode, episode 31 was about physical preparation. Go check that one out. Episode 32 was shooting preparation. And then episode 33, the last one was some gear preparation. Awesome some pretty simple, easy things to, to give you some uh, tips and things to, to get going and maybe just some motivation to get rolling with it because it's that time. So this is episode 34 and I'm labeling it the year-round hunter because that's what I'm doing is being a year-round hunter. So the first thing I think we all need to be doing is just a little mental and skill preparation. Like I said in the last episode, we can order our gear and get it here pretty quick, but there's some things that, that need to be worked on right now. And that first is your calling. If uh, you are going to be in a archery elk or even muzzleloader elk, you, you need to be able to call proficiently. And lots of parts of the country do have some some good rifle elk hunting during the rut. Uh, Colorado seems to you get the first season but even then, uh, that's me. I'm not doing too much calling in a, that first season rifle elk. Maybe I'm missing out. I don't know. I don't do much rifle elk hunting, period. So I guess I'm uneducated on that part. So I'll just keep my mouth shut and talk about what I know. So get your get your calls out right now. Uh, I, I don't get anything from this company, but I really enjoy the Phelps diaphragms. I keep them in my freezer because I heard him say that once. That's how you keep them uh, in good condition. Heat will mess them up. Uh, being out of that freezer can can wear them out, and they don't last years. If you're blowing on them consistently, and if you start blowing on one now consistently, it won't even make it to the season. So what you need to do, and they're only 8 bucks, so you need to get a couple now. I would buy a few colors. Uh, to see what you like. I like the gray one from him, the red one, the Maverick seems all right, the black one, the, and then a white one. I think I have. 
And I guess I don't really have quite the ear to tell too much of a difference. It's just there's a little difference in ease of calling. So get those out and start blowing on it. And if you've never learned how to do that, there's how-to and YouTube videos all over the place. I'm not going to do any of those because I'm not the world's best caller by any means. Uh, Elk 101's got some good stuff because they are elk calling champions. Uh, Corey Jacobson, look him up. So start listening and watching to some different things to get those skills on your calling. Put them in your vehicle and start doing a little calling while you're driving. The next thing to prepare for mental and skill prep is just to start talking about it. Annoy the crap out of your husband, wife, whoever, your friends. Talk about it. And that keeps your motivation up. I just got off. I seem to talk on the phone quite a bit. I got a couple of buddies to chat almost every day, every other day. And so chatting with them, we're always hunting comes up at some point. So we're uh, my main hunting buddy. We've been chatting a little bit about things. And today we were talking about getting out and getting our, not just our cameras out, but getting our game plan while we're there. Because where we're going, you're sitting in the middle of elk country and we don't know where to put a camp uh, quite yet to, to not disturb things. So we're going to go in and, and really talk about it and, and uh, figure out, get a game plan going on. Even though the elk probably aren't really, I'm sure they're there, but they're not acting the same. Uh, it's, it's still going to be, I know how they're going to be acting when, when they're getting there. So it'll be a, a good thing to do. And if you don't have those buddies, you need to go find them now. <laughs> right now, find those people uh, that can can get excited about your uh, about going out and uh, figure out who they are. Maybe another thing you can do to get yourself rolling is buy something new. I, I know that sounds a little superficial, but you buy something new and it might get you motivated and kind of excited. I've noticed that when you get a new bow or a new sight, you you're out there shooting it quite a bit. And then when it's old news, you, you may back off a little bit. So maybe it's a new pair of binos or whatever it is, uh, get something new that makes you feel good about what you're doing and excited about it. Could be an easy thing to do. Next, if you can't do anything else, cause you got kids like my kids in the other room, watching cars, eating some pizza for lunch, uh, organize your hunting room. That's my plan. Uh, when I got him and I'm trying to do other things that we're going to, Go up and organize the gear room, getting the cameras ready some more, uh, just kind of organizing in the gear in a way that uh, I like and it's easy to get to and it's not destroying your closet, your gear closet. It's just all over the place. And then you'll find out too, oh yeah, I need to do this to that piece of equipment. I need to do this to that piece of equipment. And hopefully, as you're going through some of that equipment, you, you see some of those maintenance things that you've done in the past. Here's a little tip. Uh, make sure like on your old cameras and anything that's got batteries in it, you're pulling them batteries out at the end of the season. Cause you don't want to leave uh, batteries and stuff for too terrible long. Cause that acid builds up and then it just ruins it. So ruin, ruin stuff. So your, uh, coyote collar, your Fox pros, whatever you got, I pulled the batteries out of those long time ago. So they sit in there and I can put new batteries in it when the season comes. The next category would be scouting preparation. I kind of find this to be a tough thing. And I think it is a tough thing because you're actually going out and there's chatted with guys out of state, especially you're coming to an area you come here. If you can get here, period, it's awesome. But to come an extra time just to scout that takes, uh, 
takes a lot more money. It takes a lot more time off, that sort of thing. So that can be tough. And there's so much stuff out there on e-scouting that it seems some of it can be pretty superficial until you really learn how to do it. It's You kind of have to put those you get in the area, boots on the ground as the phrase is, and see the area and then see what it looks like on your maps. And then you can start to pick up some of those trends to, oh, that does look good. Uh, so you got to get get some scouting prepper scouting in period. So if you're, I'm going to speak specifically for archery. And if you're in Northwest or any part of the the state that's pretty dry, we're having a bit of a dry spring and summer. Uh, Got rained on good last night, but if it's dry out that early season, water holes are a place to go on Onyx. All these little springs and things pop up and you can find some good stuff. So we have some water holes that might be a good place to start. Uh, but get some sort of scouting plan together. Get there, check maps, whatever it might be. Another thing you should figure out is when you're going to be able to go. What part of the season do you want to hunt? Because archery season is four weeks long. Figure out that time, and I've heard a lot of dates of what the magic time is. Here's my favorite. So I'm obviously going to be going out opening week, or it's not weekend anymore. Uh, now we're the 2nd to the 30th of September. So I'm I'm obviously going to be going out. But I don't want to go to my little honey hole first, because I know that's when there will be another guy in there, maybe. Uh, I also am going to avoid muzzleloader season. I'm get a special plan for that, because suddenly there's more orange in the field. Uh, and then later season is a good time too. So in that early season, in that first few weeks, you always hear guys on Facebook talking about, are they talking? Are they talking? Are they talking? Yeah, they're talking. Not all the elk may be talking, but somewhere, some mountain, there is elk bugling and chatting and you just got to find them. So they're out there. They're all talking. And that's why I don't have a problem blowing a bugle the first day of the season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I know there's a lot of guys that are pretty adamant on cow calls only, bugles only, whatever. Uh, I, I I think bugles work. I've seen it work. Uh, it's it's not a bad route to go. And as long as you're not blowing some some challenge bugle on day one opening morning where you're already restricting some of those cat bulls that are going to want to come in with simple locator bugles, I don't think you're really hurting much. As long as that's not associated with a human noise of some sort. You come rolling in, shut your vehicle off, blow a bugle. Yeah, they probably got an idea. And I've seen it. And I think it's some of the most ridiculous thing ever, seeing a vehicle drive by, blow out, uh, call out the window, keep going. Uh, there may be a way of doing some of that, but I don't know. 
I'll leave that up to you to figure out. So my uh, opening weekend, I'll go to a, a good spot, but not my best spot. Go to that one, and I'll expect maybe uh, some bulls to be alone, bulls to be... Um, there's definitely no harems figured out. The herds are not figured out. The bulls are not being grouped up quite yet with the cows, and they don't know quite uh, what the dynamics of the herd is. The herd bull is not determined necessarily. And so looking at the 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, somewhere right in there, right before muzzleloader, that's my sweet spot. Because that's when I've seen a big bull with like five cows. And I see another bigger bull, he's alone. And then I see him again uh, with some cows. And they're working out their herd dynamics. And it's much easier to call a bull in, I think. Uh, I, I feel like there's some good opportunities to call in a really good bull during that time. And then as you start to go into the season a little bit more and that rut starts to hit and peak and maybe the 20, 20-something, 20 uh, you get uh, bulls that are still responding. But I think you're increasing your odds of just pulling in maybe a satellite or a smaller bull. Uh, and those those big herd bulls have got their herds figured out or started mostly figured out. Uh, and obviously there's nuances and you may disagree on some parts. Of course, right, there are all kinds of things. But this is just my feeling towards it and my idea and my approach. So I apologize if, if you think I'm an idiot because I'm getting something wrong. But it's just what I've seen. So then later on in that season, uh, you get a lot of guys going home. And if the end of the month is the only time, it's probably the least pressured. So it's a pretty decent time. And I'm interested to see what the pressure looks like this year, starting and ending in the middle of the week. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. I already mentioned trail cameras in your scouting preparation, get them out. It's so much fun. People talk about maybe it's cheating of some sort and whatever. It's just fun being able to see what's out there and seeing things that you will never lay eyes on. Uh, I, I enjoy it as almost a totally different season. I almost act, treat it like a different season. Even though I kind of know where some of the elk are, I just want to get some pictures of them so that me and my buddies can look at them and, and, uh, see what's out there and, and kind of understand what, uh, what we may be passing on. We talked about that today of, am I shooting a four point bull, just legal bull as far as we are in, are we going to look for something that's a little nicer? All those things are just things to, to be thinking about. And then I listened to, yes, uh, a few days ago, back, back country hunters and anglers, they had a little scouting, webinar and there's some good stuff on there but also every time you talk about e-scouting you, you bring up the name randy newberg you got to pull his stuff up on that and i there's four resources that are worth looking at three of them that i use one i just heard about recently and i'll, I'll dig into it but onyx is one obviously you're you're one there or if it's base maps i don't care i've heard about that getting a little more popular google earth we know about that Colorado Parks and Wildlife Maps. There is some solid maps out there that uh, they have. And with the state trust land stuff coming up, they will only show if they're open to hunting or not on those CPW maps. 
So I would be looking at that because the that information is going to be so new that it won't be able to hit a publication. And then there's this uh, map called Gaia, G-A-I-A. I think I got that right. That's a membership-based thing. Check it out. I don't know much about it. And then your paper maps. You really should go with paper maps as well. Not solely, but have some out there. If you're in the Northwest region or somewhere, uh, check out Hunt Explore maps. They're uh, made by a guy in Craig, Colorado. Pretty sweet maps. Those are my go-to and I love them. And I wish they were a nationwide thing, but they're a pretty regional thing. Otherwise, if you just have National Forest maps, though, you can buy those at the National Forest office, offices. I don't mind the Nat Geo maps. Those aren't, those aren't horrible. And then uh, I've got another one, Rocky Mountain hunting, hunting maps. I've used those. So you got to just kind of see what uh, um, is out there. And this guy from Craig, I wonder if there's other guys out him like him throughout the state in other parts. It's a quality map. I really like it. So get yourself some paper maps. And then learn with the tech stuff. Learn the layers and all these things that you can do uh, with Google Earth. And that's a cool thing. If you can figure out the Google Earth layers, that's a that's a pretty good deal. And I heard a, this hot tip. So if you pull up Onyx and you pull up Google Earth, take Onyx and trace the outline of the private. And you can export that and put it on your Google Earth. I haven't tried it yet, but that would be kind of a cool deal if you're trying to find... Uh, maybe one of those little, here's a perfect example. Maybe there's a, a, a there's a draw that I, I like to hunt that's got another draw and, and a bunch of little, little finger draws all with it. And I've always wondered if the back of that little basin or back of one of those little draws is on public. So what I need to do and see kind of what the details of that is. Yeah, I can see it on Onyx, but I can see it in far more detail on Google Earth. So I want to pull that up, put on the private land uh, layer, upload that, and then see if I can get, see how much of that draw actually is public. So there's a little tip. Go try it out. Another thing that I think is a great idea that I never really heard many people talk about with your scouting is to find where the hunting camps are. Sure, if you go out right now, you could go find some sweet property and identify it as a, this. there's got to be elk here, this is awesome. But the thing that you're missing in the whole scouting equation is hunting pressure. It's always tough to tell how many hunters actually show up in an area because they're only mainly there during the season. So if you can go find those hunting camps or just pay attention to it, see how big the hunting camps are, the footprint, like... The sign that was left behind, if there's a giant parking area with meat poles all over, fire rings all over, uh, places where you can see the ground was disturbed from previous years or multiple years of, of hunting camp use, well, you know you got some pressure in the area. Or if it's just this little trailhead, no parking, you know you got to cruise in there or ride in there of some sort may have a little less. So pay attention to the human use sign in, in the scouting, and that might give you a good idea of what's, what, uh, what kind of pressure it gets. So some final preparations. I know this isn't where none of us are there yet. Uh, I heard something from somebody, uh, and I'm, I'm curious if anybody does it. Has anybody put out like a, 
a gear cache or a food cache out there. I'm curious and, and hike any gear in ahead of time. Obviously the guys do it on horses where their outfitters are bringing in their camps and putting their big tents in. Sure. You're doing, doing that ahead of time. But, uh, what about just the backpacker? Do you guys ever bring stuff in and just hang out, let it go sit there? Uh, makes me a little nervous. Never know if stuff's going to get stolen. Uh, got to be out of the way of bears and whatever else. So just curious if anybody's doing that, that might be an option. And I was thinking about doing it again, choose your partners wisely. My wife was joking the other day when I was talking about who my hunting partners are going to be and when, who I'm going to be hunting with and when, and she's like, it sounds like you're trying to find someone to date. And I said, well, it, uh, you don't just want to go in the woods with anybody, just any, anybody. You got to go in there with someone you enjoy spending time with, uh, who's going to be a valuable part of the team and you enjoy being around. So choose your hunting partners wisely or go by yourself or, and be safe. So choose your dates. That's the next thing on the final preparation, figure out what dates you're going to go and then get things figured out at home. Get your vacation time put in, figure out, get details figured out with your spouse. If you need to get the in-laws in to watch the kids or whatever it is, uh, that's kind of my plan. I've been planting seeds about that for six months already. Hey, you should come out in September so I can go hunting and you can hang out with, with my kid while Kristen goes to work, blah, blah, blah. That sort of thing. Try and figure that out. And then a good tip is just to be prepared to leave work button stuff up so that you are not thinking about work. And if you're that workaholic, that can be an easy thing to, to forget about. So try not to have those things that come up that, that leave you leave in your house later than you really want to get those things at work buttoned up. Next in the final preparations list is to keep shooting, keep that uh, shooting practice up. I got a great email from CBW representative Joe. Remember we had him on with the Southwest region and he talked to me about this, sent me something about shooting preparation and being able to actually shoot straight and wound loss and all this sort of stuff. So we're going to do an episode with that. It's not I, something I didn't even think about. So it sounded pretty good and we'll do a little episode on that. Then get your grocery list made up, make your jerky, maybe even make some dehydrated foods. Uh, do all that in August. Get your grocery shopping done at the end of August. Do some packing, get that all packed up. Go through your lists. I have a pretty solid list at the uh, what I did last episode. And if you have any contributions to add to that or take away, please let me know. I'd love to hear what those are. And we'll go, I'll add them to my list. Organize your your stuff, all your gear, just get it all ready. One thing that I thought about in regards to all this preparation, and I've got way back when a one and only coronavirus episode, but this thing ain't going away. You may be angry at the world right now and angry at the left, angry at the right, whoever it is, and listening to garbage or acting in a loserish way, but now is the time to just better yourself in some way and engage in something that does you and your family some good and maybe some others some good. I mean, there's obviously that we want to take care of our neighbors. So doing something that is bettering yourself. 
I have a hard time uh, watching too much of any one news channel or listening to any too much radio. It's nice to stay a little up to date, but I don't really want to engage in the garbage, <laughs> absolute garbage. So I, I find a better solution to that of listening to a podcast. I wish I read more. <laughs> I'll read my bugle and read a few trapping magazines, but do a little reading. Listen to some podcasts and try and get some learning. Do some practicing with your your read calls. Listening to uh, any news channel on your way to work will not make you a better hunter, but maybe instead listening to a podcast, learning how to blow your elk call, that will. So hone on those skills. Hone on. Do some other activities that help you hone on the skills, like the 3D shoots. Uh, get those that physical preparation down. And some of those other preparation things that uh, are getting you better and getting you ready for the field. So that concludes our preparation series. And we'll jump back into a little bit in a different way as we get closer and closer to the season. But I'm getting pumped, ready for September. And we'll get uh, some more guests on here soon. I know it's just been me chatting and that can be a little rough sometimes. So thanks for sticking with me. And we'll get some more guests in here soon. Go take care of my kid. Sounds like he's whining again. We'll talk to you another time. Right outside of this one church town, there's a gold dirt road to a whole lot of nothing. Got a deed to the land, but it ain't my ground. This is God.